I'm pu- punching. Actually, I'll eat a little it's bit online. I'll eat. I, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, it's up to it's you. It's free content. People don't want it. They can go <laughs> elsewhere. They might, they might hear me eating. Um, Kyle has some uh, chocolate-covered macadamia nuts, which I uh, eat a few of every time I come over to save him from eating them because I'm mm-hmm. a good friend. Um, that you are. I'm, you know. So how are you doing, Kyle? I'm okay. You 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 were you were you were in rough a rough state when we recorded last. Yeah, I don't. It's Have only you improved? improved. You've gotten better. It's You're only still a bachelor. Yeah, still a bachelor. That will change tomorrow. Whoa, whoa. That will change tomorrow Boop, from boo. from recording date. I, I imagine I might get this out. Man, I don't know if getting it out tonight would matter. Well, nobody cares. Yeah, nobody nobody cares. Nobody's expecting this. It's all just extra. <laughs> and so, um, it, it was an interesting week. I saw a lot of movies. I attended. You went to a concert. You I been... went to a concert. Yeah, I went to Beyond Fest, um, which is not my favorite. Film festival. What's and your favorite film festival, Kyle? Well, I've only been to two. So so AFI I like AFI one? a little more. I think it's a little more. It's not Cannes. It's not Cannes. <laughs> I haven't been to Cannes. It's not Toronto. I haven't been to Cannes Film Festival. I haven't been to Toronto. Sundance. I guess Sundance would be the closest big one. Right? That would be. There really isn't a big film festival in Los Angeles, kind of ironic. No, I, I AF... the industry's always here. AFI is the big one, and it's not really, uh, and, and it's I, changed over I mean, the years. They're the, they're the festivals where like movies go like to try to like get off the kind of become a thing. Yeah, right? uh, Beyond Fest has become kind of the genre savvy. Uh, crowd, yeah, yeah. Um, they are not my favorite crowd. Um, it, 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 I, I like the programmers. I like the program. I don't Just like the, the fans. The I oh, the people suck so hard. I, they really do. I don't like seeing movies with them. What's, what did they do to you? Who hurt you, Kyle? Yeah, they're just Who annoying. They're just fest? annoying. They're just, they, they, they react to things in awkwardness. Like because because a scene is either awkward, they interpret it as humor. And like when you're watching the Banshees of Inisherin, which some things are legitimately funny, some are good, there's clever some, lines. Some there's, some lines there's some laughs, but then they are laughing at this kid, you know, Barry Coogan. That care, you know, at, he goes, "One can dream, can't they?" You know, and being with her, and it's Such so devastating. It's so sad, scene. and people are laughing in the theater. And I'm like, I hate, well, I hate awkward. you all. I mean, I hate it is, you all. sometimes it's the awkward laugh of discomfort. Yeah, no, well, and that's feel. what it is. They can't, I, they can't deal with the feelings. I don't know. They. Yeah. So you saw movies. You saw movies at Beyond Fest. You saw movies for this. At I did. You know, yeah. our local yeah. Nicole Kidman theater. Yeah. And um, so it's been a lot of movies. I saw a lot of movies. You went to a concert. I did. This is bachelor life, man. You're going nuts. Yeah, what do, you do I? I, I, my age hit me at that show. Um, I usually go to shows early. I stand in line. Yeah, Kyle gets he's an early and driver. I am. It it used to be a, a across the board equitable experience. If you got to the concert early and you stood in line, there was no VIP. There was no artist VIP, and you got to go in, and you were the first in, into the building. There you go. That's how it used to be. It used to be back in the good old days. It's not like that anymore. It's not the Soviet Union in fact, anymore, Kyle. We don't have an egalitarian <laughs> no, society we don't. Like, they, like we used to. <laughs> no, we don't. Back under, <laughs> back under when we were following the teachings teachings of uh, Karl Marx and Karl uh, Marx, yeah, Vladimir Ilyich Ulyanov, aka Lenin. Well, I mean, I like, but it's still money. Like you're still paying, but like when you're paying the same, like I I do think that there should be, and and obviously that's what's changed. You pay more. You get more perks. I'm not necessarily against the system, but I every time I go to some shows where it's just clearly abuse of the system. Um, at this particular show, this band is very popular. I saw Coheed and Cambria, and they have an artist 
pre-sale VIP that has two tiered. You can pay a hundred dollars and you get early entry, acoustic performance, uh, early access to merch and all that. But that's also early entry. And then after you've entered, there was a secondary VIP that you all you did was get in before the people who just paid the uh, the same yeah, the, the super the, premium. Yeah, the, su- the super it's premium. It's super premium and then premium and then lowly nothing. nothing. And by the time I was in there. There was just uh, like a really good spot in the place, which is the Palladium, which is pretty uniform. And that's the thing. It's just a uniform place. And so it was really kind of a bummer. And uh, because I had stood outside in the sun for a decent amount of time, that's and then by the time I was mistake, inside, yeah. my back like was not in prime condition old for the man show. Ki- old man I'm, I'm Ki- getting older, getting older. And I, you know, I, I sat there and sustained. And then I, but, but then by near the end of the set, I, you know, I usually leave maybe for two songs to go because I'm just a little done. I'm just done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm old. I'm older than you. I'm yeah. a lot older than you. I'm older than I'm, I'm older than everyone. I don't really know. Uh, that's why I don't do as much. I hear uh, you. But I just ate those coffee, chocolate covered macadamia nuts. So I think I'm good to go. Got the I'm energy. Ready to rip. Let's do this. Let's rip some movies. Let's rip a. Let's rip a new asshole into some movies. Let's rip some shit. Is that uh... let's get motherfucking real with the movies? <laughs> let's We're do doing it. Movie shit. We're talking about dicks. The musical. Uh-huh. We're talking about she came to me. We're talking about two movies. There were like twenty movies released, and we picked those it was two insane. for a mix of reasons. Uh, I I audible to she came to me because it was n- unrated and about didn't matter. Didn't, why was it unrated? <laughs> I have one theory. We'll get we'll get to that. I have only one theory as to why it was unrated. I was hoping there'd be a lot of naked people, a lot of fucking no, none, no, Pretty nothing. Much just one kind of nothing. hint at sensuality between. Nothing. Bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. It, yeah, it was. I was upset about that. Yeah. Do you want to want to talk about that, about that first? Then? And then Dixie musical, uh, which uh, you know what we saw that um, too. I, this is the ones we picked for various logistical and personal reasons that nobody would care about. Yeah. Um, on, honestly, you want. honestly, a variety of the other choices were did not fare better in my mind, such as Exorcist. That was the big one. I, there's just no yeah, way I'm going to go no see that. Seeing that, the, the critics seem to hate Foe, so we kind of. Which is too bad. Foe like was. Those. I I did see Foe. Um, the 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 critic sphere is correct. They are correct. Wait, was it, unfortunately, it wasn't about the Vietnamese soup, right? Uh, Which no. is what people were going in Fa. thinking yeah. like a thinking it was like a, uh, a, a modern day. Uh, what's this? What's the ramen movie? Tem, Tempopo. Uh, Tempopo. It was, yes, a, it was like a modern riff on a soup movie. <laughs> the greatest greatest soup movie of all time. Right, and they thought, well, we need another soup movie. People were really disappointed. No, no, no soup in that movie. We um, we talked about seeing the documentary, and I was for that, but it was when it was it, yeah, it, it wasn't playing. Go, like one, no theater. convenient times. Either. Yeah, they don't they don't want you to see it. They're they're keeping it from you. You can get it on a. You, if we had a region free DVD player, we could order it. We could get it oh, on a really? region V. because it's been out for like a year in Down oh, Under. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Well, he is he is a New Zealand around. journalist. Yeah, so. Land Down Under. But whatever, we didn't see those. You, we didn't see that movie. You saw Foe. You, you seemed to think that it was correctly rated. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Pretty dreary. too bad because we like those actors, but whatever. I love those I actors. See it. I got nothing to say about it. Yeah. I'm sorry it sucks. I'm sorry you went saw it sucks. I don't know. Which yeah. one do you want to talk about? You guys, you've done everything. Which, one's gonna, which one is going to be the, the most energizing for you? 
to talk about. D- Dicks will get a little more ener- energy out of me, uh, which Dicks. is pretty typical. Let's talk about Larry Charles's <laughs> Dicks. And Dicks he musical. directed it. Was written by the whatever the dude Aaron Jackson and Trevor Sharp. I want to sure. say sure. Two guys. The two guys who were in it. Yeah, they two wrote it. It was a. Like an on-stage kind of show that they did. It was a UCB, UCB. production. Okay, you, there you if go. If you stay to the end of the credits, you get to see a I did snippet. See that. I did see that. A snippet of the original performance of the UCB. It is a very UCB type thing. Very much. Uh, by which I mean it's kind of quirky, right? It's supposed to be quirky. It's quirky. It's got eccentricities. It's, it's a bit, bit sort of strange. Anarchic. anarchic. Yes, it, it's, it's very irreverent. And, uh, um, so dicks. It's a musical. It's A24's first musical. It is. Uh, it's a movie. Yes, it's a, that's it's a, true. You can see it in a cinema. Yeah. Lights projected onto a screen. <laughs> 24 frames Sound a second. <laughs> emanating from the speakers. Your delay is... Uh, I love this. I'm just yeah. waiting for... I can just, you're like a coiled snake. You're like a coiled snake. Just let it go, uh, Kyle. Just let all your feelings go. I it's really like therapeutic. I really time. wanted to like this movie. And in fact... Oh, I, I, we want to like all the movies. I, I know. We want to like all the movies. And in fact, I think digestibly and comedically it hit in a right tone at several moments in the first half hour of that movie. I was, it, it, you know, it, lyrically, it's very uninspired, I think. I, I think, again... This, you're doing musicals right now I for know, your other podcast. You're very musical mindset. Very much. I thought about that when I saw it. I was like, Kyle's got to be a lot of musical-related thoughts. Well, and, and very much you can see a kind of very low-budget attempt to try and, like, utilize the artifice of the, the back lot. And there, there, was, there was one uh, joke that worked and landed with that. Like, they walk out of a movie theater and it's very fake. And they're clearly on a back lot. They're they, the Warner Brothers back lot. I know, yeah. I've been on the tour. I know exactly where they're in front of the the town hall, where famously there's a big green space, and where you know the yeah. town hall most famously used in Back to the Future. I know exactly where they are. I've been to that place. And then and it's um, obviously a back lot. And on the on the the marquee is everything every every everyone everywhere comes at once yeah. and i was like that's that's cute that's cute it's a cute joke i was fine with that they had funny fake movie posters a la they did including they one did. about jeffrey epstein which i think that is actually funny. very very telling about what's going on in this movie in and a so way. i just found that after the first half hour what clicked in to my realization of what i was experiencing i was like Oh, this is just going to be this for the rest of the time, and I became quite dulled by it. I I think some things work. There, there's a there, and and there, there are some. I I think they're not bad. They're not bad. They have some great line deliveries uh, um, on on using the format because it's basically it's the the whole setup. And I couldn't tell if if it was or if they're just kind of using. Um, old footage from the 1950s to say it's set in the 1950s or that's how it's supposed to be mentally because of genre i i couldn't necessarily it's it's out of time it's out of time for sure and they are playing there's two flamboyantly gay creatives playing these aggro uh, you know, hedro salesman. Yeah, it's a caricature of a gay man playing a caricature of a straight man yes. who's really a gay man. Who's really a gay and man. And I think yeah. that sort of that sort of <laughs> nesting dolls of things kind of is something about what's going on with yeah. this movie. It's like 
a gay guy who's a straight guy who's actually a gay guy. <laughs> A father who was a and, straight guy, then a gay guy, but maybe a bi guy. Bi guy. But I like I, I like certain jokes that run on that premise. Like when they're in the cab, and he goes, oh, "Tell me about dad. Is he really masculine like me?" And I was just like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." They, they have some fun I with mean, it. The, but the best the best part of that scene even is when he just throws himself out he of the car, jumps out of the car. And, and yeah. to me, the jokes that landed were jokes like that. Like yes, yeah, him just throwing himself out of the car out of nowhere uh nathan lane spitting the ham so out. funny i uh, th- that was legitimately the funniest moment oh, and, God, and, yeah. and it comes about 25 but, half hour but even in my favorite musical number was there his in megan mullally's one when it becomes like a rock song in the restaurant when they're just uh, the, banging in the middle the of the table to the side <laughs> that got a good laugh out of me because it just kind of comes out of nowhere well and, and i sort of out of character it, in a funny very way. much i think nathan lane sells a lot of what's going on in this movie the oh, more yeah. he's around yeah, no, like he's, he's, he's a godsend he's the definitely the the best yes he, he's definitely he, the best part he's such a pro a i mean he's a very he's a tremendous talent he right is. so it's yeah. not yeah, I, I mean the Malali character, that voice, I did not get that. I thought that was a strange. It was almost choice. like because it's, she it, it was already so one note. Like again, I, she I talks agree. funny, right? But now I can't understand what she's saying. Not that it's really important. Like she who was, cares what she's saying? It was who cares her. What anyone's saying? It was basically her Will and Grace character, but with like a, a really unrefined lisp. Like it was like they. Yeah, I did. It's 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 like. It's only you can only do a voice like that if the character is only going to have like five lines. Uh huh. Yes. Then it could be funny. Yeah. But if the character is like going to be on the screen a decent amount of time and have a decent amount of like weight to carry, it's just like just yeah. shut this fucking thing off. Yeah. They so should have had to just lose it midway. Her losing that accent in the midway in the movie would be entirely consistent with this movie. Oh, I agree. I agree. She could have just completely changed her voice with no explanation, and they could have and made, it would have been completely. And, well, and they could have done a double take and been like, "What? Huh? What?" Or and, just acted like yeah. nothing happened, right? I mean, it, it's an absurdist piece, so yes. the, that would have fit right in, and they, it would have made a, that less annoying. They do a lot of jokes, like she says, like her pussy fell off, and then he he like continues talking, and then he goes, "Wait, backtrack. Wait, you said what?" Yeah, like yeah. you know, and they he's sewer boys is another joke that you know he's, he just yeah, starts sewer, talking about his sewer boys. Sewer and, boys that, that that when they first did that reveal that got a laugh out of me. I won't lie, that was I love you know I love some good puppetry. Yeah, we yes, love practical yes. effect. This might be we love the a practical effect. Uh, I mean uh, that element has. I don't know if you've seen Peter Jackson's. I think it was second movie, Meet the Feebles, which is uh, no, se- it's it's basically the Muppets, but uh, they're all on drugs and they're all like, it's like a backstage musical of the Muppets, and and it's all puppeteers puppeteering, and it's gross and out of out of the element. Uh, yeah, we love a gross so, puppet, Team well, and, America, and, Team and that America. was the thing. That was the thing, Team America. I'm oh, watching the puppet. elements of this movie that some some things are working, not everything does. I, I'm most, I would say majority doesn't. No, and I'm looking at what are its inspirations. Well, you look at John Waters' work, definitely you know? John Waters. I mean, this movie Ugh. is. This movie is heavily wanting to be a John Waters. Oh, absolutely, movie. absolutely, and it's irreverence. I mean, that, and it's that that comes right satire. Away. Yeah, um, Peter Jackson, Meet the Feebles. I mean, you think of like the grungy uh, creators back in the sixties, like Russ Myers, doing those kind of exploitation flicks, and nothing hits on that stride or in that level. And it's really kind of unfortunate because I do think. 
the talent is not not nece- not necessarily uh, vacant. Like I think that these two guys are enjoyable to watch. I think that they can be funny. Yeah, they. they I mean, they sell those characters, right? They, they do sell them. Um, which like credit where credits due, right? I mean, it's it's like you do. There is something watchable about the movie like you do want to yeah, like i yeah. said you want to yes. like it in part because yeah. the, it's, the, they're sort of compelling um but yeah i mean it's just it's a whole lot of what does it really amount to right yeah. and and at the end of the day yeah. like how funny is it it's just yeah. not consistently very funny it's for not. me yeah it has moments that are funny i agree yeah, certainly, like, yeah, I mean, if you see Nathan Lane spitting ham at, like, these terrible, it's, disgusting puppets, I mean, that alone is maybe makes you think, well, at least I didn't totally waste this time. I, yeah, I, I, right? I felt like my time was being wasted the more I was in it. Like, because uh, uh, the personalities, when you first introduced them, are humorous. I think once you have that scene with Nathan Lane singing about how it's, it's you know, a queer life, you know, to... It's, it's, yeah, Red, the, the, uh, well, it's funny, because you think about Sewer Boys and then Red Boys, and it's like... That, that statement, like, it's queer culture, right? Which I just think is... Or gay culture. I forget if he says... I think it's gay culture is what yeah, he says yes. about sewer, bo- sewer boys. They're gay culture, right? It's just like, okay, I see what you're doing here. Yeah. Well, that's what's interesting. I, I mean, I ended up thinking a lot about the, the political content or lack thereof of this movie. Because I thought it was a very interesting choice to make it superficially about politics, but maybe not really actually about politics. No, what yeah, is yeah, it yeah. trying to say? I mean, in a way, it's not surprising that Larry Charles was attracted to this from my perspective because there is something about what's going on that's very of a piece with what he did with Sasha Baron Cohen. I agree. Which is to say that it's just sort of incendiary. It doesn't have a point. Like, there's no positive message about right or wrong. No, I mean, their closing number is God is a faggot, uh, which is a lot. And and moreover, it's just... just, um, but it's 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 as interested in putting its thumb in the eye of liberal pieties as anything. Uh-huh. Yes, like yeah. all love is love, right? Is a song that just just shows such hostility towards like sloganeering, right? Because uh-huh. it's clear that the the things that they're talking about, they're showing are things that many people just don't think are okay. No, right? Like incest is one of the taboos that still holds up pretty well. <laughs> it does, yes. Right? You know, and and, and so. Like, even the very opening cards, we see what they're doing, and they don't make a secret about it. Like, this is the first time that gay people have created any, anything. <laughs> that, that was good. It's so brave of gay it's people to, pay, to play, straight, play people, straight people, which people. also has yeah. never happened. Or something. I mean, they just say some shit, which is just, like, them obviously telling you that, like, we're just going to be fucking ridiculous, yeah. right? And it's clear yeah. that they're sort of poking fun at, like, some kind of liberal piousness, Right. That like would trot out a slogan that all love is love that nobody actually believes is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. everyone will draw the line somewhere. Right? For sure, hundred uh, percent. But but to do it in a way that is kind of like I said, like 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 the LEG Borat stuff. That's not a like. There's no positive political message there. It's just meant to just put its thumb in the eye of kind of everything. Yes, everyone. into the culture. Yeah, absolutely. so it's a very anarchic. It's part of a kind of anarchic. Anglo-American tradition of comedy that's just about sort of saying like fuck all of this, right? Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is all absurd, right? It's like Monty Python, right? Isn't, this is isn't this all kind of absurd? Aren't, yeah. Isn't everyone, especially people who have power and a voice, aren't they all kind of ludicrous and ridiculous, yeah. right? 
But I mean, the, the difference with the Ali G stuff is that sometimes they're confronting actual powerful people, and that they gives are. a real bite. I like, do I mean, when agree. you see him interview, you know, Ed Meese or uh, Donald Trump, right? It has some real edge to it, right? Like it feels more more live because he really is confronting these people, yes. these actual yeah. powerful people. Here we get what like a Nick Offerman stand-in for someone with like a dumb shit view about gay people. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, it's facile. Who cares? Like, I, I guess I, I agree with this sort of general sentiment that, like, of all the anti-libertarian positions people take, the one against gay, adult gay people having sex is one of the dumbest and hardest mm-hmm. to defend, right? Yeah. I mean, I think you can make a much stronger case for, like, laws against drugs or even laws against sex work than you can for laws that say two, you know, a, a consenting adults who are of the same sex can't have sex. Yeah. Very hard to make a, any sort of <laughs> argument that isn't just purely based in theology. Yeah. Nevertheless, even the version they put up is just sort of a doofus, right? Yeah. And a clown yeah. who yeah. says something ridiculous about, I only have procreative sex with my wife with the lights off. It's like, okay, so you're, you're, you're throwing this in. But to me, that's all, that's all kind of a bait and switch because they yeah. don't actually want to have a – like it's a movie that seems like you think it has some sort of message, but it doesn't. Because, the message is just – there. Be, in fact, there is no message. It's just absurd and an attempt to sort of – be offensive, yeah, because it's fine. When I, it, like I have no problem with that. Yeah, because when you break it down, yes, they they, they it, the absurdity of them being against them being gay and marrying each other at the end of the movie is not what the issue is about because they're brothers. Like they are the same, yeah, yeah, they yeah, are yeah. same blood relatives who are marrying and like fucking around, and so that's the taboo that they're and and. But you're right; they're not trying to address it at all. They're just kind of you know poking and prodding and trolling yeah, on the very it's idea part of, of this it. anarchic american humor tradition of just being extremely offensive and and that's and i don't have any problem with that no tradition. i i, I, I was not should, offended I think you should try to give as much offense as you want yeah but it just doesn't it doesn't always land for me as being particularly funny yeah that's and the and thing is this has got to be funny i agree it, it needs to have a bit more cleverness to it like instead it just leans into this kind of repetitive vulgarity and i'm i'm i love when people use vulgarity and they use it almost in a shakespearean fashion you look at what like trey parker and matt stone do with south park yes it's vulgar they 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 took people to task especially in like the 90s with their sense of language L- look at south park bigger longer uncut a better better musical a better musical that yeah. thumbs its eye at the culture and you'll, you'll dance a dickless jig is a line that runs through my mind you know <laughs> and uh, uh, many many a time and look what they did with like team america also like dabbles in vulgarity and re- absurd sexuality like like the puppets fucking like it's still hilarious you know and and i wasn't and, and it has elements of that in Dick's musical, like when they're like 69ing each other and like running around the apartment, like once yeah, they yeah. start fucking, that has very South Park energy. But we've, we sit on 30 years almost of South Park material. Yeah, yeah. What, what more are you doing with this? Yeah, I just, I, I think that like it almost needs to be more offensive in some way. Like, I it agree. It needs to yeah. be more acid. Yes. Right? Because. Like I said, like the best of the Larry Charles, like that whole Sasha Baron Cohen stuff, it's not all good. But no. when it is good, it's good because it's really nasty. Yes. It has a yeah. really sort of bilious view of humans and po- humans in power in particular. It's very cynical and nasty. Yes. Right? Yeah. And that's what gives it the bite. And this movie is less nasty in that way. 
right? Although it does seem to think, I, I do think that it has sort of like the the uttering of empty liberal slogans kind of in its sights to some extent. It does, and that that might be. But that's from, like that's low hanging fruit, and it's not. Even then, I don't think it has anything super interesting or like cutting to say about it. Like it, it just doesn't go to a place that's ultimately like really charged because because it's rudderless it seems really. charged like like if you say like uh, if you say these insane things it'll seem like you're being very charged yeah. or very transgressive right but it doesn't i mean it doesn't actually get there like i like for for what i mean i think i think the obvious point of contrast from this from this year is um Gosh, the 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 lesbian uh, uh, fighting movie that we both oh liked. bottoms, which was very good, yeah. Which we liked more, and and there's something about I don't know, like I don't know what it is, like what's the difference, right? I mean, the difference is that um, I don't know. I, I I'd have to. I mean, maybe it's just well, maybe it's just better. Maybe it's just better structurally. Well, on the well level the of jokes, well, right? yeah, but, better structurally. But bottoms is a slow cooker, like um, it it. It brings you into this world that is seemingly familiar, and the, and then there are flashes of, that's not necessarily the real world, though I can believe that it happens in the real world. I can believe that a character of that kind of exaggerated personality, of that real sentiment, exists here. And then they keep dialing it yes, up, keep yes, dialing yes. it no, up. This is right. The, the, there's real emotional stakes yes. in the movie. There's yep. real emotional stakes. Like you care about the characters more. And the characters are... There's enough of like a real core of it yes. to kind of bring you through the story in a way that keeps it sort of charged up. At very much so. And I think that also the characters, in in again, it's playing around with a formula of the high school movie. They have, they want... To get laid, and and that that has kind of defined the characters, and they're kind of circumventing that from a different angle, and like what's behind that? We talked about that. We talked about the kind of the violence and the 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 core, the primal urges that drive them, and how they they link, and that that Fight Club and their sexual desires are kind of merging, and uh, and that's an interesting point to make. I th- again, I don't think it's like assessing a culture. We we said this. It's not like assessing a cultural like dissection or uh, ailment to, to have like a remedy or a commentary but it's trying to f- look at characters and 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 that experience in a very realistic way but exaggerate the the tone this one is purely exaggerated from the get-go it's just an a, a, fr- a full frontal assault yeah, yeah. Um, of absurdity chaos uh, as you said anarchic and i i think that that can work in your favor but it 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 has no rudder. It just is. It's directionless. And really, I, I, I am. I'm not surprised Larry Charles kind of drops the ball in like guiding this because what was there in the first place? It's just. A, I could see this hitting all the marks, more of the jokes on stage with these two guys performing all of the characters. It takes on more of a kitsch and camp when yeah, they are only campy. doing that. It's very campy. And and so you lose some of that when you give it just even yeah. a minor production increase. Yeah. No, th- no, this is the kind of thing, yeah. It's very UCB, right? You imagine yeah. you'd go to see this in a small theater. You don't know exactly what the fuck it is. Your friend told you to go see it. You're like, what the fuck is this? Okay, it's ten dollars. I'm not doing anything yeah. tonight. I, I'll go sit in a small theater uh, and I'll watch this. And you'd be like, "What the fuck was that? That was crazy." Yeah, yeah. The shit yeah. like that can take you by surprise in a sort of in that kind of alt theater space. Yeah, but w- w- it 
so and it could very well have worked then, especially yes, with just the two of them doing the whole thing. Yeah. But it doesn't quite translate here. I no, do, no, I, I will no. say I do like Megan Thee Stallion, though. I do find her to be. I um, just a, I like watching her. I, maybe I'm, I I'm, her attractive. I'm, maybe I'm, it's just a, maybe it's just uh, my pure. No, but I, I do think she has um, a compelling presence. I I wouldn't disagree with that. I do think she does. There was something off with with it. Um, I, mean, they, I don't I don't think it like landed for me. They didn't give her enough to like it, it was one of those things where it felt it, to me it felt tossed in. Yeah. I'm it, it, it does. wasn't part of the original and so it was like just kind of an added thing because and they kind of doesn't quite They wanted a girl boss and so they and and they wanted maybe and they had they like a number for designed. her or whatever. Yeah. yeah, but but it didn't yeah, you're right. I mean, it's funny because you are right about the first part of the movie, though. Because I remember the first time they go to the office with the thing on the screen. Like, I, that was funny. It was fine. Like yeah, the, the, it was like working. The animated video game style scoreboard of, yeah. for the two of them with their sales. That shit did work. That, yeah, that had real promise, but it definitely lost. A and lot even of in that number, Megan Thee Stallion works because she's just like saying money, 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 money. Like you know, work yeah, for yeah. me. She, it's not. It's not her solo number. Yeah, but she's part of it, and so there's there's this. What what I did find interesting, and you know, credit or or maybe not. I don't know. I want to give a shout out to all the background actors who are all the same actors in every single scene. They were working hard, but, well, but they yes. wanted it to look very stagey, right? Yes, I mean, yeah, all, no, they, and, and I that agree. Was part of the aesthetic, which I think I think was actually like I like that choice. Yeah, I wasn't. That wasn't what was setting it off. It was the insistence upon itself. It's like they knew it was this weird kind of stage this stage musical that they crafted on the on the in the boons of of the creative world of either LA, Chicago, you know, New York. You find a lot of these kinds of shows. I think even drag shows have this kind of spirit. To yeah, them. yeah, yeah, campy kind of very expressive. And the, something gets lost. I I I feel like and maybe it's just the repetitiveness of it. Oh. Like because it doesn't shift or go into a different direction or a different sense of commentary I, it's the overexposure to the camp yeah. that kind of uh, kind of mutes the impact. Yeah, I mean, maybe it could have leaned into like a more scabrous and cynical take on the world, which is, like I said, suggesting. I mean, I mentioned this earlier, right? But there's there's one of the one of the fake you know movie posters in front mm-hmm. of their yes. their apartments is uh, is about Jeffrey Epstein. It's like it was like, <laughs> what did you do, Jeffrey, or something like that. Yeah. And I think that's a real tell, right? Because the the whole point of the Epstein thing is if you believe that there's something there, it's not really an ideological thing. It's about how cynical you are about power. Yeah. Like yeah. like the belief that the Epstein story, and I will confess to being someone who's on that side, I do think there's a lot there. But the belief that that's a real story yeah. is about a belief that essentially all of our leaders are sort of scumbags. Yeah. Right, and that and that is the Sacha Baron Cohen, um, Ali G yeah. kind of view is that you know sort of just a deep cynicism about a power structure that you see as fundamentally um, at its base a lot more unified than divided and invested in um, empowering very small group of people to basically mm-hmm. operate with impunity. Yeah, right, and I think that that there is a dovetailing of that with the sort of how the uttering of certain like content empty phrases is used to kind of sow political division or sort of 
you know, I always joke, no war, but the culture war, right? Sort of to stoke these particular culture wars when on a, on a structural level in society, nothing ever changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rich keep getting richer. They do what they want to do. They fight their little fights between each other and the rest of us sort of end up uh, getting the yeah. shaft. Yeah. So yeah. I think there is some of that energy running through, Absolutely. I guess, Charles's broader project. And it's somewhere in this movie, but it's not... Um, it's not it doesn't charge and it doesn't it doesn't go deep enough into that feeling for it to be a real source of some kind of satire right? no which, yeah which i think would you know i'm always welcome to it's there but it's there in a very a way that's so subtle um that it doesn't it doesn't really deliver. Well, and, and right? that, I think that's where the letdown is, is like, I, I, I am all for, you know, I grew up with Monty Python. I grew up with flying circus, which has less of a point than say, um, like something like life of Brian or even meaning of yeah, but life. It, but it is, but it does have that hatred of authority. It right? does. Absolutely. That's the anarchic comedy. That's the, there's sort of this anarchic tradition in comedy, right? Which is just very hateful of authority, and so maybe I right. yeah that's what I was missing in, is in all its forms. It 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 I think as a project, just as a creative endeavor, it is anarchic at its core, and it, in in doing so, it is saying something about the structures we have, the the what what we put in our cinema subconscious, and and a sense of either musical or romanticized ideas, and the, so they're kind of confronting that genre. And the the medium of cinema in that sort of way, and I'm not against that kind of project, but each scene should be a little more directed. It can be an it can be a, a series of vignettes and and absurdist uh, pieces, but I think each one needs to have a little more focus and a little more aim at something in society. If you're taking on the taboo of incest, so, you know, uh, that's one of the things that's part of it, but it's, it, as you yeah, said, it doesn't have bite. It doesn't have direction. Shot. Yeah. It's, it's very just, scattered yeah, shot. it's just random. And that's I'm fine with random at a certain point, but when you're watching an hour and a half movie, if it's all just random and it doesn't coalesce, then it gets kind of frustrating. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean one, one, the best of the moments, like the ham spitting thing will work just because it's so fucking wild. It's just weird. Yeah, but yeah, it that the, a sequence of that does not a movie make? No, not right? a, not it at just, all. It just makes the sort of um, it is like it is the movie in a sense is like that shoot up ham being spat at us. <laughs> I mean that's uncharitable because I didn't hate it that much, but it is that's not a bad metaphor. No, right? not at all. You not know, it's just, just this idea of like here's just we're just gonna get fucking crazy with you, which you know, yeah, like you said, I think you're right. It just needs to be more focused. I agree. I agree. And sort of have some idea of like. I mean, I've said this before. It's like, what's funny about this? Like, do you know, right? And that's what I want to say. Like, to, to you, the filmmaker, to you, the writer, like, what's funny about this? Mm-hmm. You should know. Yeah. Right? You got to know. And if you don't know, if it's just kind of just a bunch of wacky shit, well, okay. That, that'll that get you only so far. It does. It, it, and it only does. Like, I, I think I, I started checking out about 25 minutes in, and I was pretty gone by 45, so, 50. So, okay. Well, that's that movie. Yeah. She came to me. Yeah. She came to me. She came to she, me. She came to me. <laughs> uh, nobody comes in this movie, not on the screen. No. Why is this movie unrated? I don't know. That's there was no. Odd there thing. was. There was no. There was not a single. My. So here's my theory. Okay. I think it has to do with those Polaroids depicting somewhat sexually a girl who is in the movie. 
Oh, underage. because she's underage. Even though yeah. she is clearly, she does not look 16. She no, doesn't look a she, day under she's 22. No. But there is a, a pivotal moment in the movie where there's some PG-13 level Polaroids of a character who's who underage. Is, who is six, who in the movie is 16. In the in the fiction yeah. of the movie is 16. She's taking some artsy, uh, European-esque photos with her, her boyfriend. With her boyfriend. With, with her boyfriend. Which, which are literally like, um, like I said, I mean, the movie, the pictures are maybe, P- you probably show these images in a PG movie, to be honest, because <laughs> yes, you don't you could. see, I mean, I guess, I guess her like topless, but with her arm, like completely covering her breasts is like as risque as it gets. Yeah, or like with her back turned. I'm trying to right. think of the language in the movie, because it obviously, I think is a PG-13 movie at its core and it's, it's concept and it's story. Um, I mean the but well but also the ideas in it I don't I mean whatever it would be rated I don't care yeah yeah just yeah, when I, I see a movie that's unrated I assume it's going to have something just just insane like oh yeah. we couldn't show that to the MPAA yeah but that's my only theory of why they couldn't get it rated I I think that's a good theory that's I think that's it. a that's good the, theory. that's that's the one I got because I can't think of anything else in this movie. Like maybe it's a borderline R just because it's got like adult subject matter. I don't mm-hmm. know, but like it definitely is not. There's definitely nothing in this movie that you're like, oh my god. There's no moment when you see something on the screen, you're like, oh yeah. my god, that's crazy. No, nothing. what are you doing showing that? Nothing there's at no, all. There's no. Uh, there's no Benedetta level shooting milk out of your nipple at a priest or no, some, nothing some like image that. that or sexy would, Jesus. The sexy Jesus. There's no. Image. <laughs> It is sexy, sexy male uh, Jesus. I, did, I do have, you know, I, I didn't like love that movie, but there were elements. We that come back to it a lot. Keep, I, keeps I coming back lot. to my I head. I reference that a lot, which has to be <laughs> has to be maybe we got to have a critical reevaluation. Maybe, maybe so. Uh, well, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I, yeah, I guess whatever. But, what, but I, but I. So this movie, okay. Well, you started on the last one. Maybe I should start on this. Maybe one. To, I'll carry some of the load for sure. you. Sure. Uh, this is this is also in its own way sort of a profoundly confused movie. Very. Confused. I will say I will say that in spite of a lot of those problems, there were things I enjoyed about this movie. It did have it did have some pleasures for me. I had less pleasures in this than. Oh, Dinklage see that's musical. see I like this more, so that's <laughs> good. We'll we'll split on this. I like Dinklage. I think he's he's uh, he's good. He's good to watch. He has the most complicated character with like little quirks and personality traits that they define early on. Actually, actually, in fact, I take no issue with any of the actors. I do think there are some characters in the movie that really don't work. Yeah, I, 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 none of the actors are at fault for what is a really uh, fractured and. Uh, an overwritten at the same time underwritten piece. Yes. So, so what you have at the mo- core of the movie, or at least what seems to be at the core of the movie, is a love triangle, right? Yeah. Your classic love triangle. He's married to one woman. She's weird. She's crazy. He's trying she's to schedule sex to with her. She's she's a hypochondriac. She's a, a psychiatrist who's clearly like way in her own she head. She has a, a, a she's obsessive compulsive. She's obsessive compulsive. Yeah, she 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 walks around cleaning in what looks like some sort of an advanced kind of lab coat. <laughs> uh, and and I mean, I, I'd say that that character is a character that, from a writing standpoint, I don't think is particularly greatly constructed. No, but I do think Anne Hathaway no. does as much with that character as she could. She's a very good actress. I think she sells that character as well as anyone could. Yeah, I don't. I I don't think 
you could really genuinely sell this character as is written on the page because I think it is just an absolute absurd, stupid rendition of a character. So that goes to the problem with this movie. You basically have two sort of minor to moderately important characters, her character and the father, the Civil War father. Yeah. Who, who have to do things that don't really make much sense or, or that are wildly over-exaggerated and crazy to advance the action of the plot. This is a classic movie problem, right, that you see in movies that are, like, mediocre, yeah. right? Which is that you you need to get from point A to point B. You know where you want to get, and the only way you can think of to get there is have some character do some really wild shit, like really go overboard in a way that the story doesn't earn, doesn't build up to doesn't really sell in any meaningful no, sense. No, But you have to have it happen uh, because that's what you need to get to the next point. Yes, yeah. And I thought that the love story between him and Marissa Tomei was actually really interesting, uh, and, which and is why when it goes away for like 45 minutes it's in the insane. middle of the movie... insane. For this B story involving just like this most like unbelievable kind melodramatic. of melodramatic so basically the the so so you've got i mean it's just it's we watch these movies right where it's like i i steal this joke from wesley morris reviewing the movie <laughs> dope where he said like the elevator pitch for this movie was must have required a couple extra elevators <laughs> it's like it's like what what That's are you good. what are you doing here yeah like it's just so many like different I, I felt the same way about uh the creator it's like how long would it take to even explain just the skeleton of this just the spine of this movie well, and, and and all the like twists and turns you want it to say i know because uh, i i 100 agree with you the core story here the more interesting story about a creative having uh difficulty you know country has had a nervous breakdown is trying to get themselves together trying to find some sort of regularity in their lives not only at in creativity but at the home life um not you know has difficulty because they're a stepfather doesn't know how to really be the father or does not know if if they can step in i think as a character it's a very interesting character and i do think peter dinklage and you know, in this kind of hollow shell of a man, like, you know, in having panic attacks and, and worry and, uh, you know, trying to find his and next surrounded inspiration. By life, all these people that he thinks are fakes. Are yeah, like exactly. Not, like, what was the name of the other, the other composer has a hilarious name, oh, like Rafe, what it is. Rafe, like laser. So it's yeah. like the dumbest <laughs> fucking name. And it's so, it's so funny. Like, it's, yeah. I, I was like, okay, this is, I can get, I can see. Well, and and then there's like an absurdity. But, but once again, we get another movie that should be a lot funnier than it is. Oh like my this goodness! This movie should have been so much more of a those, black comedy than it. Ends those up opera being. scenes should be funny and not be taken seriously, and they were taking them so seriously. And I was like, guys, this is such a great opportunity. Who does opera in English? Like the the it does not it does not work, and and they should be pointing that out. I'll like, find men in different yeah cities. yeah that, like that. It's 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 absurd. It's ridiculous, and so. There's an element of absurdity. Here's a and and, and you know to, to the whole progress of it. He's a composer. Yes, he's a little person, but nobody brings any light to that. Like he is just a character, which I know is Peter Dinklage's um, sort of aim is to just play characters and not really have a comment on 
you know, his, his stature. And uh, he, he embodies just a creative, you know, who is, who is suffering. And that world, though, is so absurd that you could have had a lot of fun times in the element of crafting and creating uh, opera and English in all of its melodrama and all of its exaggerated emotions. And, you know, he meets this a tugboat Marissa Tobolin may playing a tugboat captain it's is, great. is ridiculous it's is also great. just a it's, ridiculous it's, it's, it's a, element see, that's the thing is it's a good premise yeah you've got good actors it's it's rich mm-hmm. and instead of going with that you go to this other plot which is straight from a fucking after school special I know yeah. with a crazy stepfather who decides for for reasons that are just it's intimated that it's racism who whatever that he he was going to press charges against an 18 year old boyfriend because he just he just turned 18 and he's having sex with his 16 year old stepdaughter and so he's gonna he's gonna take this and he's a court reporter so he has all these friends who are police officers which is hilarious too like court reporters and police officers are just so tight he can just he can just mobilize the state police ridiculous i would say so it's like it's like aquafina and like renfield yeah 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 (laughs) she's the only police officer that was the opposite though she was was the the only good police officer the only one she was the only one who could enforce the law Uh, but I mean, it's just you. You look at that, and you're just like, because they want to build up to this point where they're going to get back together. Like this is the theory they have about how they're going to bring these two characters back together and have like a sort of moving and dramatic climax. And that she's moved by romance stories, and this is like kind of a Romeo Juliet story at its core. And it's just like it's just like of all the directions to take what I think is a great premise and a great idea. And a great three actors, right? Great three actors. Just three real heavy hitters. Yeah. I mean... And by the way, also, Brian Darcy James, who plays the father... Is a great actor. Yeah, but that's just but, it's a and what what a terrible part. character. It's a it's terrible, terrible part. It's just so like it just reeks of like we didn't know how to what to do. Yeah. And so we just put this guy in to like force this particular issue that was then gonna help us propel the movie forward. And I'm okay. I'm okay with there being a B plot, but the B plot takes over the A plot for a majority of the movie. And, and so and so well, you of course lose. there's gonna be a B plot. There's always a fucking B yeah, plot. Yeah, you can have those. And 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 it gives more texture and maybe it informs what's happening with some of the other characters. But it takes over. And that is essentially the A plot that then then influences the A plot for him to for for Anne Hathaway to realize she wants to be a nun, and then him being like, "Oh, I find this woman. Uh, she is my muse, and I've just been taken aback by you know, and and I need to accept this and give in to the romance of it all and have sort of a meaning." And honestly, that should have been more of the the struggle, the conflict, is that this woman who, yes, might be mildly obsessive and gives a lot some texture to it complicates his life but it's complicating his life because he needs to be awoken and uh, you know awakened into a different way of thinking and a different way of creativity because he's stuck and he's clearly stuck in his marriage he's clearly stuck as a stepfather he's clearly stuck as a composer and she she breaks that she breaks that mold and it should have been more of that conversation of and and yet it just it sits yeah, on mean, the sideline I mean, it sits I mean, on the sideline I mean they have a couple scenes together that's it they have a couple scenes together that's it. Like, why? I know. Well, it's a wasted opportunity. 
I know, a waste of their talent, a waste. Uh, Marissa Tomei's an Academy Award winner, so is Anne Hathaway. Like, and and they they serve them up for. And Dinklage s- is great. I mean, he's great. Yes. Even 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 in this movie with all the problems, like he's very compelling. Yeah. Like to watch the way he inhabits that character, the way he's, he brings that character off. He's got such soulfulness in those eyes. Like he he bring like even though it's more of a comedic role and he's playing it in kind of exaggerated anxiety. There's such, there's so much there. There's weight. And I like watching him. And it, it just, but the, watching this movie, you're just like, this is a waste of everyone's talent. And it's ultimately a waste of all of our time. Because we could not organize yeah. this this plot. We could not organize the importance of who is here. And it just becomes boring it's just boring and that's that's kind of interminable to me like i especially when you are making people who are so compelling to who who are compelling on screen and who are still being compelling on screen even marissa tomei you know she has these flourishes and and you know personality traits that come out and she is captivating always to look at and they're just the, the the narrative just becomes boring even with them involved. Yeah. And that is that is a true waste. It's funny because that's the other parallel to Renfield. It's funny you bring up Renfield. It's like an obviously <laughs> good pro- premise with some talented people. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really, it's Nick Cage that's primarily wasting that movie. But, like, that just, I don't know. Like, I just don't know why you don't lean into that. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. I agree. Yeah, it's too bad. It's too bad. And, and you sort of wonder. It's interesting. I was thinking about this, right? We, we are... We are really seeing, I, I don't know why, maybe it's because people were sitting inside uh, during COVID and they were just thinking their thoughts. <laughs> maybe. We're seeing this resurgence of the sort of Woody Allen adult, uh-huh. adult sort of comedy drama, right? Yeah. That So we've seen Past Lives, which is spectacular, right? Mining this territory. Yeah, that's, that leans more on the drama, but there's some great, like, human... But, but it's, but it's in, in this vein of, like... Yes. Movies about adults in their complex relationships. I agree. Right? Yeah, yeah. And somebody has to fill that role because uh, Woody Allen is uh, persona non grata. Well, I mean, know? but also, like, he's... I mean, he's also... He's been past his prime for a long time. For I a mean, while. I mean, he was making the best versions of these movies a long, long time yeah. ago. Yeah. Right, uh... And, you know, I mean, whatever you think about him as a person, like, his shit was a little played out at some point. Like, oh, sort very of, much sort of so. said kind of all the things that he, I think even he might have known it on some level, that he'd sort of said all the things he could say about, like, a certain kind of person in Manhattan at a certain point. Yeah, I think the last, their like, lives and in the history of that place. The, his, after the 90s, you start to, it starts to really strain. He starts to repeat, you know, like Midnight, uh, 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 Midnight in Paris is kind of just a, a history rendition on Purple Rose of Cairo. Match Point is just a retread of crimes and misdemeanors. And in the 90s with like Sweet and Lowdown, which I actually really, really yeah, like. Yeah, I like Sweet and Lowdown too. Um, and Deconstructing Harry, which I really like as well. They, they show you the, the, the spectrum of what he offers as a filmmaker and storyteller. And uh, after that, we start we start doing like Small Time Crooks and like uh, uh, the the... Curse of the uh, or the Jade Scorpion yeah, and yeah. stuff like that, and then uh, the the uh, the one where the filmmaking, well, Hollywood ending, like, and they're not yeah, yeah. good. They're just not good. They're, celebrity, they're, terrible. Uh, terrible. Celebrity scoop. 
Ugh, they're just bad. Uh, you, you you get maybe a, a movie here or there like Vicky Cristina Barcelona that has elements that are interesting. Yeah, I know but, there's, there's, uh, some, there's stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, af- after the 90s, Woody Allen ha- is kind of but, not But anyways, visiting. people are going to the well, right? Yeah, we, yeah. We, saw, we saw past lives. You didn't see shortcomings, but I saw no, that, but that very that much very in much that vein. seemed like a Woody Allen project. Uh, yeah. We get this movie, like, it, people are going back to the well on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I like these kind of movies. Like, I like the idea of them, right? Serious movies for adults that are about... But once again, this movie, like, can't get away from melodrama. No, right? It just no, can't yeah. avoid going to the place of melodrama. Yeah. Which is the great gift of... That's, that's why Past Lives is such a genius movie, because it never introduces anything. It doesn't even really introduce the idea that there's a marriage at risk. I know. Which is what's yeah. amazing, right? Is that... It really never even suggests that their that the marriage that would seem to be threatened by this plot line is at actually at risk, and and it gets so much drama without ever having to resort to like any sort of like bullshit melodrama where the stakes yeah. are like artificially raised by some you know fucking. I mean, I guess it's not quite a Deus Ex Machina, but it might as well be because it's it just, might as well. It's just yeah. a character in the, in in this movie. It's just a character just kind of acting in a way that's just so over the top just to force some action. Yes, and and what's in, what was a letdown to me is that you have the perfect premise and apparatus to comment on melodrama. He is a composer of opera. Like, it is just so yeah, yeah. overstated, exaggerated. And when you go to those scenes, I was just hoping for a little more observation on uh, the absurdity of it. But then... Because what instead what they do is they parallel the action to say that it's influenced to his opera instead of making it appear as though the melodrama is is what is at fault. Like we live lives of melodrama because of the stories we tell and things that we operate in. But the yeah, movie yeah, is just yeah. what, what happens when you I mean, it, I mean, it's. It's sort of like you could imagine like a very tar direction for yeah. a movie like this, like a funnier, lighter, sexier version of tar. Where it's like, <laughs> what happens when you, when you sort of blur that line from like yeah. from like what's really going on in like the stories you tell about yourself or the the story you start to believe when you start to sort of believe your own bullshit yeah. Yeah. or sort of get that line blurs right. It's you could imagine a lot of interesting ways for this movie to go, and it goes none of those, none ways. zero, and that's that was that was truly disappointing. I, I I think the script is the biggest fault here. I I think the direction is pretty, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, it's what's the right word for it? But it's pedestrian. I mean, there's nothing really all that inventive, or it's workmanlike. And but the script lets down everybody because it's disorganized. Uh, some the subplots are overwritten. The main plot's underwritten. It's all just a weird paradox. And it's I'm I'm sort of glad I saw it only to get a feel for, because these are the kind of movies that I never see. Yeah. And my parents see. You know <laughs> that, that that older because my audience. Was mo- mostly older people. Yeah, mine too. And they, I know that they were enjoying it. I know that it just sits in this comforting pocket for them, and it's not very challenging. And they, yeah, but but this is stuff that they like because they they like the people. It takes them on, uh, you know, the the from pl- point A to point B. It's all very transcribed. 
And for them, that's comforting. For me, it's annoying and it's a letdown. And but even uh, then, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's funny, right? Because you mentioned the melodrama thing. Like, I, I wonder what sort of previous iterations the script went through. Because yeah, yeah. The, the the thing about the fact that the the crazy dad, the crazy statutory rape allegation dad. The fact that he does like civil war reenactments is is the perfect counterpoint. Yes, right uh, aesthetically because that's also like super melodramatic. It is like yeah. like that is what what opera is for some people. That is for a different kind of person. Uh, absolutely. And so like there's a, there's like a stylistic or aesthetic interplay that could have happened there about sort of yeah. men and their little melodramas, right? But they, and, but the, but but they, they don't they, do anything but, with but it. But that's just like is totally tacked on. Yeah. And I wonder if someone previously thought about using that as more of an aesthetic counterpoint versus just like another plot device to like put the characters yeah. in it. Because all it, all it ends up being in the movie is like a way to get the characters from point A to point B yeah, that the, works with the other with this sort of wild constraint they've placed that, like, she can't leave the state because this one court reporter has so much juice that he could, like, shut down every... It's like, it's like this court reporter <laughs> could, like, on his say-so, shut down all the highways in and out of, you know, the state sure. of New York. Sure, <laughs> sure. he can. Like, like, what? Like, seriously? Like, that's that's the thing? Yeah. That's going to force them to get on this boat, which is where we need them to be to have our emotional payoff. Yeah. I mean, it's just too bad. I mean, I, I guess, I guess, um, you know, I don't, I still, like I said, I, I think I enjoyed this movie more than I enjoyed Dick's in part because I like these actors. Sure. I like yeah, watching no, I them get work. That. I get that. Um, I found aspects of it to be sort of charming. Um, even as I found aspects of it to be very frustrating, it's but, interesting. I, but I did. But I did. <laughs> I it it is a huge. I mean, especially given the quality of the actors and the quality of the premise, or at least what you're told the premise is. Yeah. What you what you, what what you are before you get a bait and switch the fucking uh you know, true crime podcast nonsense. I mean, it's just is, not. Uh, it's, it's funny. It, yeah, it, it, it is. It's rich. Yeah, I, it just doesn't take on like. It, 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 every time I think of little facets, I'm glad you brought up the Civil War reenactment part because I do think that that could have been played around with more in a point not only of character but also you know the the worlds the the historical melodrama that we, we that we mine um, and the kind for meaning. of person who's like because that's the thing is the, the kind of person that's drawn to opera has something in common with the kind of uh, very person much that's so. drawn to Civil War reenactments and it's funny. There's, you could have just gotten a lot of mileage out of that. Yeah, that it just is completely. It's just not. It's not ignored. even utilized. No, yeah, it's, it's ignored. Just... And then they have this interesting choice that I'm sure you noticed was the changing aspect ratios, which aesthetic, aesthetically, stylistically, adds nothing to the yeah, table. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was bizarre. That 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 is something where I look at that and I think. What are we doing here? Yeah, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Because it doesn't. It. But once again, that it's it's of a piece with the broader criticism, which is that the movie feels in every way sort of aesthetically and narratively disjoint. Yes, like it's, it's all disjointed. Of, yeah, like it was sort of made. Like, like that's something that. I mean, this is this is very very unkind, but sort of that's something like uh, someone in their first year of film school would think like, oh, here's a cool idea. Yeah. Oh, we can do it in different aspect ratios. 
Well, yeah, we're shooting on digital. We can do it in any aspect. Yeah, we can do whatever we want. We can just make it up, right? (laughs) Just whatever. It's not. It's not. Yeah, we have. There is. There is no constraint. uh, You know. You know, but what? But what? The programming of this tiny camera computer. Yeah. So I, I, I just, it just look at that, and I think. It's just someone thought it was a cool idea, and they just decided to. And do And then they it. went with it. Yeah, uh, it was bizarre. I mean, it was a bizarre it, it was, choice. It seemed as if it was being chosen almost at random. Well, it 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 is specifically. I didn't, I didn't try to figure out the rationale. Specifically, when he's with Marissa Tomei, it comes into four three, and when he is back in the real world, it is expansive. Which I would have made the opposite choice. His world expands. None of it. I would have just done it the same fucking thing for the whole time. I would say his. Yeah, I mean, but but if you're going to do it, the rationale is in favor for the other that he's boxed in, he's claustrophobic, he's creatively inert, and then when he meets this woman, his world expands and it opens up and it becomes more cinematic. This this is where this is where technology fucks people up. I agree because like you do it because you can. Yeah, but sometimes the constraint is good. Yeah, the rationale. You do it because you can. Yeah, you do it because you can. That's it. Because it's easy. Poor. Because I could do it. I could do my fucking phone. You can, I could, yes, we I can do it right now. change around the aspect ratios. <laughs> like, oh, this is fucking artsy shit here. Oh, man. This will blow their minds. <laughs> this will blow their fucking minds. Oh, I wonder why. Why did Ben take a picture? In I didn't have to go buy different kinds of film stock and different lenses or whatever. I just fucking just do it on my computer yeah. phone yeah making it easier does not make it better so no that was it's just it disjointed is a really good word for it because i thought it stylistically disjointed uh narratively disjointed but also seems just like process disjointed like yeah like a decision was made at some at time t that didn't really make sense once you were actually got to make the movie no but it just sort of lingered in there you know, the ghost of a previous <laughs> decision just kind of lingered in the machine yeah. long after its aesthetic or narrative rationale had uh, had gone. Yeah, right? very much so. So what are we going to watch next week? Well, you should, if you can find it, and if it, it, it starts to be trouble because, um, but it is listed on AMC, so it might be playing near you. Hopefully it is, is Anatomy of a Fall was the uh, Palm oh, yeah, Door saw winner. The trailer, saw the trailer for that. Yeah. Saw the trailer. Uh, for so that. I just saw it at Beyond Fest. I'm not oh, going to say. Yeah, okay, I've seen it. Okay. So if you can catch it, I would love to talk about it okay, with you. So, so it, I'm, yeah, I mean, it looks like it's going to push. It, it was, it was at a trailer at an AMC theater. Yeah, no, I, so I do anyway, think, I do think they wouldn't it's, put the trailer on if they weren't going to show it somewhere. No, I, I do think it is um, one that they're hoping to translate into best picture, best actress kind of consideration. Um, it's got very tar energy, I will tell you, in the performance. Um, so there's some, okay, there's some, uh, if that gives you an idea of what it's like. Um, but it's, uh, it, I don't know how you feel about courtroom dramas, but that's what it is. Um, I mean, love a few good men. Well, there you go. Um, who doesn't like that movie? Uh, I do, I know, I do like that movie. Everyone likes it. Yeah, everybody man. likes that movie, Everyone don't, don't they? Yeah. It was good, good Sorkin. Good Sorkin. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, you know. <laughs> good Reiner. Good Carl uh, uh, Rob Reiner. <laughs> well, Carl Reiner, too. I mean, you know, yeah, give credit true. where credit's due, the old man. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah, the only thing that's really role. coming out other than Taylor Swift, the heiress tour. Um, oh, yeah, we talked about that. We so that's in the that. era. We'll you, you that's keep, in the eras. If you end up seeing it, text me. I will go watch it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe, maybe you, me, and Carolina will get see it together. Oh, that would be we fun. Do a my Wouldn't two dads it? type situation, right? Oh, there. Maybe I'll invite Katie and uh, her podcast partner now. Uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Although it's it is a time. two hour and forty minute concert. Just so you know. Uh, yeah, I mean that's long. That's very long. That's long. Well, that's long. more bang for your buck, I suppose. That's more right. music for your value. Dollar. God bless her. God bless Taylor <laughs> Swift. She's really she's giving value out there. She's she's not a uh, you know she's singing for her supper. Yeah. So anatomy of a fall is the main, okay. main okay. thing. But uh, amen, brother. Amen. All right, amen. Here at the church's cinema, the cinema. Yeah, but Ben Thalen, Dead Reckoner's uh, uh, Substack. You can find his writings, musings, and uh, this. Yeah, I gotta this. muse more. I'm, I'm feeling mused out lately. Oh uh, well, you know, yeah. we go through that. We go through that. The world it be fucked up. It right? is. I mean, what are we gonna say? Uh, Kyle Brule, I know movies and you don't. Give him some money. Sure. He's doing better this week, but he could take a turn for the worse at any moment. Well, Katie will be back tomorrow, so I, right. I think he'll, he'll be domesticated again. He, for some reason, he's just got like a pile of firewood over here. I don't know what that means. If he's I was gonna, in a delirious state. I was going to light it up here. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> it's cold in here. <laughs> Kyle just starts so cold. Fire. He finds one of those old, uh, like... Like uh, like trash cans that looks like an oil drum and just starts <laughs> firing it like he's a hobo. Katie, just, you got to get back soon. So, you got to save this man from himself. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, you know me and my she, thoughts. She comes, she comes in and it's just like, it's just like there's just like bugs buzzing and like just just like every dish is dirty and in the sink. And <laughs> I've done a good job. I've done a good job of maintaining the status quo. Just like in your filth, <laughs> just rolling in your own filth. I just and can't she, survive. She comes home. She comes home. You just you, there's just a there's just a nasty, dirty bong just sitting in the middle of the room. It's like, God, what happened when I was gone? Just so much. God, I got into drugs. <laughs> I, got, I decided to try drugs. Yeah, just all you know, that drug life. Well, drugs. She, she'll be back tomorrow, and life will be better. Okay, so okay. It'll be good. Get home. Get home um, soon, Katie. Well, all right. Well, we'll talk to you all okay. next week. Good job, buddy.